Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah! Yeah, that sounds nice. I'm going to play it again. Here we go. Hello. Hello, Calvin. Hello, <laughs> La, la, la. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Careless Whispers. This is also CLNS Radio. And uh, here we are on BTR. What can I say? Give us a call. 347-215-7771. My name is Matt Rury. And that's Calvin Chamberlain, and we're going to do a show for you right now. So I just came to a realization a few minutes ago, Ray. Uh, uh, have you ever heard of the show How to Get Away with Murder? Mm, I believe I've heard of it, but I don't. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it either. But now the the fact that the show How to Get Away with Murder exists, it's going to cover. For potential killers wanting to Google how to get away with murder. Ah, that's that's a good point. Didn't even think about yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, don't like that one Those bit. Hollywood jerks. Yeah, that's not good. No. Wow. Anyway, no, you, as as Nick Gelso just told you at the beginning of this show, before the wonderful theme music was played. We are brought to you by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com. And I will talk about that in more detail a little bit later. But head on over there right now and check it out anyway. Uh, Calvin, the people can also find us on Twitter at CLNS Radio and find me on Twitter at Team Green Truth. But I am pretty sure nobody even knows that we're on the air right now. Did you not announce it on your on your Twitter account or on the Facebook account for Headless Whispers? I haven't told anyone. I haven't told anyone except for except for Liz and Mad Dog. 
well, that means we got at least two listeners tonight. <laughs> hey, That's right. You know what? If, if you have a feed, you know, if you don't know what a feed is, you can go to lynda.com and find out. Uh, if you have a feed, you can, you can just pop careless whispers right into your feed, and when a new episode pops up, it'll be like a nice surprise for you, can it? You get it the next day. Maybe you don't listen live, but that's okay. You know, you can listen to them the next day. Our topics carry over a day or two. It's fine. That's right. And they, you can find them on iTunes and on Android as well. That's where the CLNS Radio mobile app is, and that's for free. So that's how you listen to Careless Whispers. But the point is that I don't think anybody's listening to us live, so I don't know why I'm uh, acting as if they are. Um I, I was going to say they could tweet me and I would respond to them during the show and that that's not going to happen, I don't think, because I'm not looking at Twitter right now and I haven't sent anything out, so why would anybody know? Anyway, I digress. Um, but Seal on Australia is also on Facebook, you, as you mentioned. Go ahead. What? If somebody does tweet you, you will respond. That's right. That's right. I will. Yeah. If, I, if they do in the next hour and a half. Uh if you want to hit up CLNS Radio on Facebook, go on over to clnsradio.com slash Facebook, and it'll bring you right there. Nice and easy. Okay. What if they tweet you after the next hour and a half, then you're, you're going to ignore them for the next five days until we do another show? I may respond. I may not. I may tell them to tweet me back on Tuesday, because today is Thursday. And for those of you that know this show, we usually go on Tuesdays. This is a special episode. So if you're waking up on Friday morning and you're checking your CLNS Radio mobile app and you're saying, what is this? A new Careless Whispers episode? Well, we just made your weekend. <laughs> uh, I feel like if, if your weekend's made by our show, then uh, you're a pretty good person. Yeah, you're a great person. Um, I also feel like this is an order for our first uh, topic, even though... I may be called out during this, this first segment. I'm not really sure where you're going to go, but uh, I will start with a little celebration. Now, yeah, our celebration song here on Careless Whispers. Why would I be celebrating? I don't care about the NFL, right? I'm totally apathetic to Professional football this year. What what could I possibly be celebrating? That, that's uh, I was wondering that that very thing, Ray. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell me what what are you, what, have, what are you celebrating? Well, Calvin, the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, and before you jump down my throat for not caring about football all year, I will say the caveat out there that when the topic of the Patriots came up, I was willing to discuss. And I've wanted them to win the Super Bowl all year, if not just for the bet that I made in Vegas last year, but for the fact that of any football team, if I was if I was going to put any effort in to, to, to the Super Bowl, which I did, I watched the whole thing. I was very excited about it. It's going to be the Pats. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm, I'm apathetic towards most things NFL in general. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Murray. I won't give you any crap for this, but in, in return, I'd like you to be back in. Your team just won the Super Bowl. I need, I need you to jump, jump right back into that whole Let's NFL. Let's do it. NFL. We're, we're that, back in the NFL. NFL's back. Here we go. The offseason begins, and uh, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention to the offseason. I watched the parade. I didn't watch the parade. I lied about that. 
like Brian right, Williams. So, yeah, praise the board. Uh, oh, no, it's Brian Williams. Uh, so, yeah, the Super Bowl. Okay, so it was a good game. You know, I was rooting for Seattle, but not enough so that I, like, really cared when they lost. You know, I'm sort of that. Sure. Yeah, I would like to think that most of the country was was feeling that way. Like ultimately, yeah, they I, they want to root against the Patriots, but when it comes down to it, uh, the better team won, or the better team that day at least. I think people can agree on that. Can they? I, because I, the the reaction that I'm getting mostly is that <laughs> Seattle blew that game. Do you do you feel like you were the better team throughout that game? I mean, you were down oh what ten points in the fourth quarter. Granted, they came back. Right, but, that was that was a third quarter thing, though. I think for for at least half of that game, and if not three full quarters, the Patriots looked like the better team to me. Uh, and I just, especially in that first half, I I was shocked to see Seattle really dominate so much in that third quarter. Um, but it's it, it it just speaks to the to the character and the nature of this team. Uh, this Patriots team and, and how they, they really just fight through adversity this year. And uh, I don't know. It's, uh, <coughs> excuse me. My voice sounded like it was getting emotional, but I really just had something caught in my throat. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it they, the, the Patriots have fought through things that Baltimore game is, is really the one that I look back to, to sort of say, people thought they were down and out at that point. Uh, and that they they powered through that thing, and that's where I think uh, people start sort of started to think that uh, the Patriots really did have a chance because before that, I think there were a lot of doubters out there still. That game is it, it's kind of a replication of what happened uh, in this game if you think about it. Yeah, uh, Baltimore had a lead. New England came came back in the fourth quarter, uh, and and they and they got up. And then in the final drive for, for both teams, uh, they looked like they were going to come back and, and have that final score, and both games ended on a turnover. So Right, and, and so the, actually, and the Super Bowl and, and that game, that Baltimore game as well, sort of re- is a replication of how the Patriots have won these big games in the past, uh, and actually how they've lost these big games in the past as well, because... For the most part, uh, win or lose, it's been the defense that has been on the field for the New England Patriots in these big games, whether it be Super Bowl or AFC Championship or whatever it may be. And Tom Brady does not get that chance at the end of the game. And as you saw him this past weekend, he was pretty much gritting his teeth and crossing his fingers just like everybody else on the offensive side of the ball as the defense had to make that stop at the goal line. And... I, I just I feel like more often than not, people look at the Patriots and they they say, "Oh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, this, Tom Brady, that." Yeah, he's the MVP, he's the quarterback, he does everything. But it, you, you you have to give this defense credit, Calvin. Yeah, I do. I do give them credit. They they played pretty pretty well. But I thought the same way about Seattle's defense. I mean, yeah, in the first half the Patriots looked good. Uh, in the second half, you know, by no means did they look like a dominant offense. I, I thought both defenses were impressive in that game. No, and I, yeah. no, you're right. You're right about that. Both defenses were impressive, and I should have put money on the fact that it was going to be zero zero quarter because that I, I was uh, 
and it, it came true. I should have put some real money on that. I, I bet I could have made some some serious cash. But the point is that the Patriots tend to find a way to win these types of games when it's a defensive when it's a defensive stop that is necessary, uh, and th- they found a way to win it like that in the Super Bowl. And while Tom Brady is the guy that drives the offense and gets them the lead and sets up the defense to get those big stops. It seems like more often than not, it is the defense that has to step up and get a stop. And uh, the the Patriots, aside to your Giants, have been consistent in getting those stops over the years. All right. Well, before we before we get into Tom Brady talk, uh, we we have to discuss the play, right? Because that's that's what everybody's talking about. Of course, everybody's heaping you know, blame on on Pete Carroll for uh, for the actual call that was made the actual play that was called oh so you're, you're going the other way on that so well, no 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 call- i'm i listen no. i will i will fully explain myself in, in just a second i'm not trying to trying to i just don't i don't think that this this play call is as bad as people are making it out to be that's all i think it, they're making a, a big deal out of it and there are other things that pete carroll did that you can focus on that were worse than the, that one play call but go ahead yeah, so before we get to the play, let's talk about the play before the play. Because, I don't know. I, the whole two minutes. What, well, I'm wondering what was going through your head when, uh, when uh, who, who was it that made the catch? I can't even remember right now. Was it Baldwin? Who made the catch that, that bounced off his crash? Oh, and, and oh no, curse. It was, I think it was, oh, it was curse on the ground, right? The bobble catch, yeah. People yeah. in my house were saying, oh, no, it hit the ground. And then we're, we're sort of like, wait, no, did it? And then we saw the replay, and of course, it didn't hit the ground. It was a, one of the most amazing catches. Worth, I'm, I mean, natural reaction is to go back to Tyree, right? And, right, that's right. And, and just think, wow, what are, this, is ex- this is what's going to happen again? This is happening again? It's like deja vu? I feel like that's, that was the look on Brady's face as well. Oh yeah, and there's audio of Brady's like screaming reaction to it. it's pretty it's pretty good, but in his face is also very, very strong. But yeah, the the idea of like getting getting screwed out of another Super Bowl up just like an incredibly fluky play a, a second time that that would have that would have to be so questioned. So at that moment, and it it kind of makes me sad that that what happened happened in the end, although it also doesn't because it's, it's interesting to me, but like the fact that that, that play is now basically erased and it's going to be forgotten about is kind of disappointing to me. You know, I'd like that. I would like to be looking at that highlight for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I yeah, I don't, I, you, I don't think it's going to be forgotten about it. You might be hard pressed to find the highlight, but I'm sure they'll show it over and over again. It was quite an amazing catch and it did lead up to it did lead up to more dramatic things at the end but i'm not even thinking about the positive things that led up to that final play i'm thinking about the things that that pete carroll did or didn't do uh throughout the final two minute drill there that actually set him up to force him to call a pass in the last uh, three downs that he had there but see, I don't, I don't agree with that because because they they had the ball at the one with forty seconds left. Okay, they, yeah, they I, people don't think people say, oh well, uh, they would have they would have had to run because uh, they were down to twenty five seconds. But what they're forgetting is uh, 
there's the fact that, that in, in fact, I actually think it was kind of poor clock management by Belichick by not calling. He had three timeouts. Not, I, I thought this at the time. And if Seattle had scored there, the game would have been over. Like the, the fact that if Belichick they had scored on that, up, if they had scored on that one play, or if they had scored on the next play, had it not been an interception, right. it's very possible that they would have been screwed. However, in the moment and in hindsight, I felt that Belichick knew kind of knew what he was doing, and I was in, a little bit confused in the moment. But immediately looking back on it, I thought, "Listen, he forced Pete Carroll's hand there. He forced Pete Carroll to make a confused decision." To make a call on the fly that, by all accounts, or, not, or from what I would imagine, I should say, not by all accounts, from what I would imagine, Bill Belichick is looking across the sideline and seeing Seattle sort of scrambling and not really knowing uh, what's what's going on. And in that instance, he, I would like to think that he decided to let the, the thing run down and let them maybe panic a little bit and... I also believe in the in the fact that they had a four point lead, and if he really trusts his defense to, at the very least, uh, like hold them out of the end zone and and force them to not score, even if they're running the ball or whatever it may be, then by all means, let the clock run down. Don't waste those timeouts because, on the other side of it, even if you have ten or fifteen seconds to to get down the field. All you need is a field goal at that point. So you're really only making a couple of plays. And if you have all your timeouts, I think it's still doable. Uh, so with 40 seconds left, even with 25 seconds left, I don't have a problem with him not burning those timeouts or not, or not using those timeouts because it forced Seattle to scramble and to sort of not think about things and not have a chance to set and, and figure out exactly what they wanted to do. I don't know, barring a huge kickoff return, I've never seen a team get into field goal position in under 30 seconds. So I'm, I'm skeptical that the Patriots would have been able to do that in the, in that situation. I mean, in, in the second Giants Super Bowl, they they kind of, you know, uh, mishandled the, the play clock down at the end of the game. They didn't have enough time to get – they had well, to throw – they basically had to throw a 50-yard pass uh, near the end so, of the game – Calvin, maybe but, maybe it's a little bit of overconfidence because I think that they maybe. felt like they had a handle on the matchups and the personnel as well, and that's part of the reason that they feel like they can do things like that. Maybe it's overconfidence. Maybe. And, and also the notion that they were rushing Seattle, that's what I'm saying. Seattle, that's, uh, if that's the case, like to me it's just incompetence because Seattle was at the line for 15 seconds. Like they could have changed the – like Russell Wilson could have changed the play call if he didn't like what he saw on the defense. They had all kinds of time because New England wasn't calling timeout. If they wanted to run twice, they could have ran – they could have hiked the ball with 10 seconds left in the play clock instead of one, had 35 seconds left in the game, and just run twice. You know, they're, they're all at that. They're all at the line already. So this notion that like they they had to pass one time that Pico's throwing out there is asinine. No, if they managed to clock a little bit better, they wouldn't have had to pass at all. But I don't even well, that's what I'm. With- that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that if if he had done better and not wasted his timeouts on uh, stoppage of uh, on plays that had the clock stopped anyway, one was an incomplete pass, uh, and the other may have been a flag or something and he called a timeout after each one of them if he hadn't used those timeouts early in the two-minute drill he wouldn't have that's what i was saying he, he forced himself to be in the situation where he had to call uh, a pass in those last three downs 
it's because of the stuff before. It's not the play itself. That's what I've been trying to to, to say to people yeah, I, all week, and they're just not listening. What I'm saying is that he still didn't have to call that pass. He didn't have to call a pass there, or the like. He could have run twice. The notion that he had to pass once is wrong. And even beyond that, if you do pass, there are so many safe passes where you can throw the That's ball to you know, yep. right out to a receiver, wide out. You can you can go for a fade, obviously. Uh, you can you, you know what I mean? Like the idea that he would pass it to to a guy you know with with chaos running around him in the end zone. And, and granted, it would have looked great if it if it worked. In Russell Wilson's pass was terrible. The way behind the receiver, you know, Butler. Right? Butler almost Butler like made didn't a great know. play. He, he did make. Yeah, he made a he made a great play because reacting that quickly, like without without like seeing what's going on. You know what I mean? He, I feel like he could not have even seen the ball at that point. So his break and his jump and his reaction time, considering how fast that pass was and how close it was, was incredible. But it, like I said, it was a bad pass. It, the, the pass made no sense in that situation to take that risk when there's so many other things you could do. And and they, Pete Carroll saying they couldn't have run twice is stupid because they could have run twice because again they had the ball there with 48 seconds left. Originally. That's what I'm saying. No, they, there were three plays though. You have to run tw- two out of three plays can be a running play. He just chose the first one to be the pass, which is debatable. But I don't think it's the, the most terrible decision in the world. But the but the notion the the, the notion that uh, that the, you know two out of three plays will, would have uh, would be a run and the third one would be a pass that's only that's assuming like you don't get in in any of those three plays you know what I mean and you you have you have the best running back in the NFL I'm just gonna say it my shot like even in that game he he was like there were a couple of plays where he didn't get uh, uh, yardage but okay. for the most part. Right. Two, two plays where there was no gain. You're right. He that game he was excellent. But what do yeah. you feel about the notion that it? I mean, that's still no guarantee. And throughout the course of the year, Marshawn Lynch was only one for five getting into the end zone from the one yard line. Did you think that played into Pete Carroll's decision at all? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he had that stat in front of him. That's that's interesting. I would. It's hard for me to say without without seeing what those situations were. You, but I think it, you know what I mean. But I think in that situation, maybe if you if you run it the first time and you get you know stuffed and you realize okay I'm not Marshawn's not going to be able to get in. Maybe you do switch it out, but you can't you can't call that play right. and you can't have Russell Wilson throw that bad of a pass in that situation. Yep, I'm with you on that one. It was a, it was a bad play call, but there were worse things that led up to it. And I think Malcolm Butler's play on the ball was more impressive than the play call was bad, if that makes sense, because uh, he could have easily just knocked it away or tipped it up, and, and but he made a, a, a beautiful catch, and uh, he, he jumped the route, and it was it was just excellent. And now he's, he's going to get paid off for it, I'm sure. I'm sure that he's going to get a lot of uh, little endorsement deals because of this game. Um, all right. <clears throat> all right, Calvin. Let's uh, – let's, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. It was the Butler thing. Uh, so let's go to the call lines here at 347-215-7771. Hmm? I said, what? Oh, what? We have, we have a caller. Right? Yeah, but I told you. I told Liz and I told Mad Dog. 
So here we go. You can you can guess which one it is. Uh, and we'll, I'll just say that this call is brought to you not only by Lynda.com, but by Larry H. Russell's new book. Yeah, baby. Go get it. It's about the doldrums of the Celtics. But we're here to celebrate the Patriots. Mad Dog, congratulations as a Patriots fan, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feels, it feels great. And um, it, just, it's just, it, it was just a fantastic moment and um just just a few things 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 about this game i'll uh, i'll get into the play and then i would like to get into into just the um the the um classiness and sportsmanship um by the seattle Se- seahawks at the end of this game um, right. but um basically what you're talking about is with the tyree catch with this catch and with the manningham Catch so you see so you've had you've had three of these happen in the last three Super Bowl. Um, that's 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 essentially like you you going downtown um, and buying a twenty dollars scratch ticket and winning ten million on it. Um, that's what those plays yeah, were. Yes. Can I, can I, yeah. Should I just say about the Manningham catch? Can we can we like? The Manningham catch is not the Manningham catch. The Manningham catch was a great Eli Manning throw. It's not like he, he like that catch was not a fluky catch. He was running in stride. It was just a great throw. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, that catch should not be listed among the other catches. That's part okay, of what, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah but, but the Tyree and the Curse catch were like I said, it's like putting it's like putting ten million dollars um, um, on a twenty dollar of the. On a, on a twenty dollars scratch, that's basically what those plays were. Um, and, and that's what the odds of those plays were. And, and just um, Brady with that fourth quarter against that defense, um, we're going what thirteen for fifteen, and on that last drive, not facing a third down, uh, just terrific. Um, just terrific play, um, play plays by him and two. And to, and to be able to beat that defense and to do that to, to that defense in the fourth quarter was something that has to go go down as as an all time great performance. Um, just absolutely um, stuck was what uh, that was. And Matt, that was Mad Dog. Since since you're mentioning Brady quickly, I wanna I wanna cut you off and get Calvin's opinion because. Uh, I got. I got to know. Is he the best of all time now, Calvin? The best quarterback of all time? Is it Tom Brady? Uh, you just. This thing is tough for me. I'm. I can't. It's, it's hard for me still. I don't know. Like you don't. You know what I. For, for some reason, I don't feel like the Super Bowl. It to me, it's Super Bowl element of it is like not a decisive argument. When like, I don't. Maybe because I'm. I'm the person who like once you hit a certain threshold of championships, like adding to that. Like the the value of each extra one, like it's it's good, but it's only like it only slightly changes like how good you are as a player. You know what I mean? In other words, like my I see Tom Brady at four, the same way I saw Tom Brady at three. I don't feel like the Super Bowl puts him over the top necessarily. I, I feel like he was in, already in the conversation anyway. And if you if I think that he's better than Joe Montana, I already thought that. You know what I mean? And if, I I don't feel any differently now about it. I don't know. Think, Inter- interesting the way to look at it. So, do you think that another Super Bowl would push him over the top? Then, not, not to get greedy, because at this point, this is the point that I'm making. It's like another Super Bowl. No, two, two. I mean, two Super Bowls would make it obvious. 
Okay, if he had six, then we then you then you would have to at that point be like, okay, it's overwhelming. But at the point of, that we now like one more would technically make him a better a better winner, sure. But would that mean that he was a better player than other guys who are also winners? I feel like once you're in, in other words, like once you're in that circle of like multiple time champions, you're. Gotcha. I, I think you can't just look at the rings. You have you have to then be like, okay, stats. You know, who would you rather have? Skills, blah blah blah. I, in, that's why, mm. like, like the idea, for example, like, uh, you know, Jordan's six rings versus like. You know Russell's eleven rings. I don't see Russell as being twice the player that Jordan was because that's that's that to me like the the pure ring argument is a ridiculous argument to me. And I I think that like they're it's so close between Brady and a couple other guys that yeah I, it's hard for me to say. I feel like nobody nobody really like has stepped out of that pack. So if somebody wants to say Brady's the best quarterback of all time, I don't have a problem with it. I I probably wouldn't even argue it, but I just don't think. If this one Super Bowl win is is a decisive argument one way or the other. Man, I would have loved to see Jordan against Russell, both in their prime. Mad Dog, what do you do? You buy this Brady talk here? I know that you def, you probably think that he's the greatest of all time. I well, think I, that this pushes him over the top uh, just a little bit because I buy the, the the getting to six Super Bowls a little bit more than just the winning of the four. Uh, yeah. And I think that the body of work has been excellent for a long period of time. Go ahead. I agree because getting to six is better than a four out of six is better than four, four, four out of four. Is, so so you're going to credit Joe Montana for, for losing in an NFC title game or an NFC div, a divisional round game versus taking it there? I have a, uh, that's where that's where I put it. Of course, I never got to see Joe Montana really play in his prime. I'm um, I'm only 24, so I want to let's, let's take this over to basketball real quick because I love this argument. I hate the all or nothing rings argument. So, do we credit Kobe for making seven NBA finals? Do we credit Magic Johnson for making eight NBA finals? I would say those yes. I would do that. I, yeah. I certainly would. Yeah, Jordan, right? Right? I certainly those, those credit those guys than, yeah. for that. But I mean, those are both more than Jordan did. Magic was in eight NBA finals. Like, is that better? Because we've we've had this Celtics Lakers so, conversation so before. Cal- and Calvin, the Celtics this, have been in. Wait, wait. The, the Celtics have been in like what, what twenty NBA finals, and the Lakers have been in like thirty-two. Does that make a difference? Or is the one or is the difference of one title the only thing that matters? If. It's actually six, but but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, but um, but but yeah, um, I'm just uh, it, it, that's a different that, that's a different topic for it. Don't get me going on the Celtics Lakers thing <laughs> um, because because that's a very touchy subject subject with with me. The five from Minnesota are uh, are laughable, but um, but um, we're we're, we're not going to. Wait, wait, take those five out. The Lakers have still been to a lot more NBA Finals than the Celtics have. Do you factor that? Does, does that matter? If, if the only, you know what I mean? Because I, I it, it, it does. Matter. If you're looking at it overall, yes, it does. It, yes, I would say it does matter. It should matter consistency overall throughout the course right. of, of of history. And I mean, I, I hate to say it, but as a winning franchise, consistently. The Yankees are obviously right up there and better than anybody else in baseball, and it's it's really the the Lakers in uh, in the NBA. And 
I will still take those championships and the the trophy, the one extra trophy to the grave until the Lakers catch up. Uh, but consistently throughout the course of their history, you have to give them the nod, like Calvin. All right, there you go. Well, there it's you. just you happy. You just you just turned you just turned a Patriots Super Bowl celebration <laughs> into a Laker compliment party. Congratulations. Congratulations. I just want consistency and logic. That's all. That's that's all I'm asking for. All right, Mad Dog, wrap it up. Let's get back to the packs, Mad Dog. Okay, yeah, because yeah, and I, I should say the ones from Minnesota are laughable. The fact is, is that the Los Angeles Lakers um, still still pound their chest about them when they were in Minnesota. It makes it laughable. But anyway, that's just that's a different subject. But it just it's just just a couple quick quick um, points. The, uh, the play was an outstanding play by Malcolm. Butler and I think that a thing that's being overshadowed is is that they they had to burn two timeouts on that drive because because um guys guys from Seattle weren't weren't at the time and they had to call two time and I think that that made a big difference. But uh, um just to just to end this um couple of very very quick things. A the the um I I want to know what you guys think about Seattle making this a melee. In the end zone, at the end, with with the likes of of Michael Bennett and Bruce Irving, um, just just, uh, just causing a, um, just causing a huge huge brawl at the end of it. Now, now I will say I don't think that the Patriots are innocent. Are innocent. I'm pretty sure that Gronk or somebody said something because Seattle was chirping that entire game. I'm pretty sure one of the Patriots said something. It looked like Gronk. Was it said something to Michael Bennett that set up everything? And by the way, um, Gronk Gronk pounded Michael Bennett in that in in, in that in that melee. It was it wasn't even close. So I want your opinion on that. And 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 about the Super, the Super Bowl halftime. I I was driving back um, to, uh, to my house at the time, but but for what I saw of the of the highlights, I could have I could have muted it and just looked at. At Katy Perry, the 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 entire time she can come on my TV screen anytime. All right, all right, peace all right, out, guys. Let's go, Patriots. Thanks, buddy. There he goes. Let's hope they repeat next year. They're already second in line as far as Vegas is concerned. Um, all right, Calvin. Any thoughts on the brawl at the end? I mean, that was a little bit of frustration coming out. I think on the part of the Don't Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> That's right. Gronk was just trying to have a party. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what they are. You know, it's the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, they're sort of a, one of those teams that you you kind of expect to play rough when it when it gets down to it. They're like the Ravens. You know, they're, they're kind of that team too. Like, and it's just football. I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw any. Don't that. that's, that's right. I am party. That's right. That's probably what Gronk said. He probably turned to to Bennett and said, uh, "I am party." That's Don't right. soy fiesta. And then Bennett clocked him. <laughs> Then, then Pen- Bennett just said, "You know what? I'm tired of that, and we're gonna have to just." Oh, dirty vacant Yeah, we're throwing down here. We're just gonna throw down. This one also says punch. Okay. Uh, do you do you have anything else you'd like to say 
about yeah. Super Bowl Forty Nine before we yeah. uh, head on to our I next just, topic. Yeah. You have nothing else. No, I just want to. I just want to weep for the, the the final end of the NFL season and bid it bid it a deal. See you next time, NFL. Well, the Patriots year. signed practice squad players to one-year deals this year or today, so uh, the NFL news keeps on coming. And I think there were some arrests this past week. Anyway, uh, we'll get it. Maybe we'll get it Tuesday. I don't know. Scour the, the interwebs for that. Uh, until then, you, the people, should go to youtube.com slash Radio. And check out the Garden Report, because guess what? Jared Weiss did one last night after the Celtics uh, played Denver and beat Denver. Last night being Wednesday night. And tonight, or tomorrow night, whether you're listening right now or tomorrow, flip that around. When the Celtics play Philadelphia, that'll be an exciting game. Jared's going to be doing a Garden Report for that as well. And he will also be calling into the post game show as he does after every Celtics home game. So be sure to go check out those interviews that he does. He always gets some good stuff in the locker room. And uh, you can subscribe to that as well and just tell Jared how much you love him. YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. That's where you find all that stuff. And uh, speaking of the post game show, it's going to be some rookies tomorrow night. Let's hope this goes well. They got Philadelphia, so I think it'll probably be pretty easy for them. It's Jess Thomas and Jerome Almeida, and uh, our man, the, the founder, Nick Gelsa, will be manning social media, so maybe you'll hear from him as well. Um, that that rolls perfectly into our next topic as well, Calvin, because guess what? It's a Celtics topic. Patriots win the Super Bowl, so we don't lead with the Celtics, but we're going to get into them right now or one of their players in sp- uh, specifically, uh, because for the second home game in a row, and that has significance because it's easier to get to the arena during a road game than it is during a home game because you're going with the rest of the team. So for the second home game in a row and second ga- uh, game in three, in, or second time in five days, Jared Sollinger showed up late to shoot around uh, and he was now. I don't want to make a huge deal out of this. There are reasons that you're late sometimes. Like the first time it happened, there was a big snow thing going on here. So it's, I mean, it's conceivable that you'd be late, uh, being the only one late. And I mean, if it hadn't happened before, then fine. You know what? You bench him. Yeah, you set a you set a, a precedent for that, and you say, okay, great. You're benched, and that's it. He does it again five days later. Not so much of a, an excuse this time, it seems, as far as the weather was not terrible. Uh, other people found it easy to get into the arena. The There wasn't much traffic and before the game and all that. So then they do the same thing. So my question to you is, should they have gone a little bit harsher? I'm not saying bench him for an entire game, but maybe for a, a half, a full half, the, the whole first half, because just benching and taking him out of the starting lineup did not get the trick, done, get it done. It didn't sink in. So you got to go, you got to take it a step further, right? But you don't want to take it all the way to suspending him for a game because 
he was already suspended for a game last year for a domestic abuse charge. So you don't want to equate a domestic abuse charge with being late to shoot around twice. But it, there's got to be a point where you got to put your foot down and say, you're not going to be late to shoot around anymore, and there are going to be consequences if you are. Do you agree? Um, I wouldn't worry about equating it with a domestic abuse charge since that happened last year. Uh, I don't know what the circumstances of, of that were. I'm assuming uh, nothing ended up happening. No, nothing happened with it. It was all dropped, and uh, that it's under the, right. under so the bridge at this point. It's gone. That's probably, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure a bigger suspension would have followed had you know, some, something came up out of that. So. But I, I don't think I think these are two separate issues on two separate times. So I, w- I wouldn't worry about that. But I feel like you you you're saying that you think that he him being benched is not harsh enough, but suspended for a game is too harsh. That's a pretty like hyper specific narrow window of suspension that you that you want for the guy. Yeah, or, I mean, or, you, I think you just got to take it take it a step a small step further. That's all because I don't know if a full game is warranted for a second late offense. If you do it a third time, then that makes sense to me. I just, I, I feel like it, it, it needs to be stopped somehow, but you also don't want to affect the other guys around and you don't want to like, uh, I don't know, as, as a coach, you wouldn't want to hurt your chance to win the game, but you also want to sort of say, like, put your foot down and say that this is going to be, but at the same time, or be, and all of that because, to me anyway, this is sort of what we've talked about in the past week or so, a couple of weeks anyway, and we definitely talked about it on a post-game show. Jared Selinger's attitude does not seem to be a good one right now. It seems to be like he gets frustrated very easily and he gets lost out there on the court and he doesn't seem to be focused. Uh, and it's just I'm starting to worry that his – his attitude is getting in the way of, of his talent and that it's, and that this is start is going to be something that sort of starts to feed into that more. Yeah. I think that's where like as a coach, knowing your player comes into play. Like I don't, I don't necessarily believe that there has to be like a, a hard and fast rule for every guy. Cause if you, if you look at his explanation, you know, he talked about how one time there was a funeral and he got caught the first and the second time, uh, he went a different route, and then he, there was like an ambulance issue where he where he was stuck. And I don't know if either of those stories are, are reasonable or not. But if you know if Stevens has faith in Sullinger and you know his his willingness to show up uh, on time and, and work hard, do I think that like being late twice in a week that that can coincide? You know, there's reasons why people can be late. I'm sure you've been late for work before. That's still oh yeah, I'm late, late all the time. Yeah. It's still only you know two times this season, even though you know it's two times in the last week. So I think if if he knows Sullinger and he knows Sullinger like not to be the guy who who's apathetic towards what he's doing, then yeah, then you don't suspend him the game. Then you you, you just have him come off the bench and let him play the fourth quarter like he did the other night. But I think if if it's a situation where you feel like apathy is involved and you know you, you feel like he's just not leaving late enough, you don't see him working as hard, maybe he's slacking off a little bit, maybe as we discussed, you you know, we are watching the game, it doesn't seem like he's working as hard as he should be. Uh, you know, and it looks like when he doesn't get the ball certain times, like he's you know, lollygagging on the other end. Maybe if you're Stevens and you see all those other signs and now he's late twice in a week, 
well, even if there's a, there's a reasonable excuse for that, you're still going to come down harder on him because you see it as, you know, one more thing in the in the ledger book of what this guy's been up to lately. So in that if that was the case, then I excuse me, I probably do look at suspending him uh for a game. Yeah, or, or at least a half. I mean I I think that suspending him for a game obviously is, is a problem at this point because of the lack of depth in the front court. Right. But especially um, yeah, with Olenek being out and things like that. But I mean and I know that you're you're, you're definitely right in saying that I was very specific in wh- where or what I wanted him to be suspended for. But I just feel like if if the benching for the first time didn't work, then you need to bump it up for the second time. Unless one of those to- two times you're just writing off as something that didn't matter. And in which case, why did you suspend or why did you bench him in the first place? Well, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like just because he was late again. I don't necessarily think it means it didn't work. You know, I, I think that there are reasons, you know, sometimes beyond your control uh, why you end up late. And I also understand the other side of it of, like, well, even if it, even if that's your fault, like, you still have to suffer a penalty just for the purposes of team discipline. Otherwise, people are going to start thinking they can get away with things. So I, I get that side of it, too. So um, I guess I come down to somewhere in the middle of those two. Uh, but... You know, if I if I speculate on Jared Sullinger based on the other things that I've seen, then yeah, you know, maybe I feel like yeah, he is getting apathetic, and there, there should be something uh, you know more harsh. But I guess from the outside, I can't really tell. Yeah, I'm, from the outside, I'm a little concerned, and I know that that means pretty much nothing. Right. So uh, we can we can move on from that one. I just wanted to sort of touch on well, it and get it off my chest I, I, a little. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I, I was just going to say, I, I think if it happens another time, then we'll, then we'll really know for sure, you know? I mean, obviously, he probably won't be late again, but if we see other examples of the same kind of thing, then that's... Right, I, like, I wouldn't, that's wouldn't, cool. it, wouldn't at some point you start to go in earlier, you know, and leave a little bit earlier, if you, if you did care? Definitely. Yeah, so. I, I, I definitely... So I would imagine that you're right that he probably won't be late again. But if he is, then I mean something's up. Uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, just a little thing to speculate here about on careless whispers as we tiptoe through the night. That's a weird thing to talk to say, I guess. Um, do I want to do a live read night right now? Nah, no. Nah. You can talk about Josh Gordon. Get, let's get into Josh Gordon because this this poor guy. And some people are looking at him and, and saying, "Wow, you're dumb. You're getting caught with all with all these various substance abuse uh, tests. What's wrong with you, alcoholic?" Like, and people are like, "Well, you have millions of dollars on the line. Why can't you just stay off the booze?" So I don't know, Calvin. Why do you, why do you think he can't stay off the booze? What's what's going on here? Well, do you, I, I don't know he wrote a uh, a long letter that I read the other day that was, it was really interesting. I'd recommend any, anybody searching it out. Uh, I, I think it's about WWE. I'm sorry? Um, I was just impersonating you. That's what I sounded like? Yeah, just for a few seconds. Oh, okay. So yeah, he, he wrote a long letter. Um, it's in one of the Cleveland papers, I, I believe. Uh, you can find it online pretty easily, but 
it, it was a response to Charles Barkley saying that uh, he's concerned about uh, Josh Gordon and he, you know he hopes he gets the help that he needs. And also in response to uh, Stephen A. Smith saying that I'm done with Josh Gordon. I'm done. I had enough. I don't want to hear anything more about Josh Gordon. So he wrote this. He wrote this letter to Barkley and, and Gordon. Uh, and, I'm sorry, Stephen A. Smith saying like. Neither of you guys have ever met me. Like, how could you be done with me if we've never had a relationship to begin with? Like, Charles Barkley, like, you don't know if I have a problem or not. It was really interesting. So, in it, he talks about how his his first suspension, which was for codeine, his rookie season, uh, that that was a four-game suspension that, you know, comes for first-time offenders. Apparently, he he had a prescription for it. He didn't know it was on the, the NFL's list of banned substances. So, whatever. That's still his fault. All right? He he gets suspended. That's that's it's all fine and good, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a drug addict, right? Second suspension, right. yeah. Second suspension for weed. Uh, in it, he, he he tried to make some claim about secondhand smoke, but I I found it dubious. But it it even that like okay, all right. You, you know how I don't, you and I both feel the same way about marijuana that it, it shouldn't be illegal. Uh, it shouldn't be illegal for athletes as well to smoke marijuana because it, it's not. It's not enhancing in any way. It doesn't. He, he, so, but regardless, it is on the list of banned substances. He got suspended for that, and that's fine. I mean, that's fine under the under the rules that he agreed to play for. So he gets suspended for the first ten games of this season, right? While he was on suspension, he got a DUI. The DUI was for being point one over the over the legal limit. So mm-hmm. he was point oh nine instead of point oh eight. Right. So. The NFL, so what what happens is, is like a DUI is an automatic four-game suspension. So he was going to mm-hmm. have to, uh, he was going to have to be suspended for 14 games instead of just the 10 games for the weed. But, so the NFL came to him and they said, okay, you only point one over the limit. So why don't we just add two more games and make it a 12-game suspension? But in exchange for that, you, 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 we don't want you to drink for the rest of the season. You know, that to me, it's already like, like, alcohol, like the NFL shouldn't be, like, asking people not to drink alcohol in the first place. It's, it's not like, he, if he, like, got in a car accident where he, like, hit a bunch of parked cars, or if he did something truly dangerous, then I can understand why, like, they wouldn't, if, if he was, like, an alcoholic and he, you know, he came onto the field uh, drunk, you know, and he he passed out onto a field or, or something. Then I can understand why they would want to put him in a program, even if he was Johnny Football. And and they you know Johnny Football gets suspended for something NFL related, and they say we don't want you to drink for a year. I can understand that, but to but it, to me, it's it's already like a uh, we're just going to try to twist a knife here and say you can't drink for the rest of the season, even though all he did was have a DUI where he's one point over the legal limit. So, but whatever, he agrees to it. It's fine. Right, so he doesn't drink for the entire season. Cleveland season ends. He and some buddies go to Vegas. He, he drinks some beer on the flight uh, to Vegas. Gets off the plane, and they immediately test him after Cleveland season is over because That's apparently, yeah, uh, apparently this deal that he made with the NFL uh, applied all the way through the Super Bowl. So he's already in his off season. That's when he got caught drinking some beers on a plane, not in a car, not not in any sort of illegal situation. So he's being suspended now for a year. Think about that. A full season for drinking alcohol, a legal substance, after his season was over. How is... 
Like, what? How is that fair? In other than the fact that okay, he technically made the agreement to go along with it because he wanted his suspension cut. It's just like a plea deal situation where like someone's someone's going to jail uh, for a situation just because they know like all right, well, otherwise my suspension is going to be longer, so I'll make this stupid deal. But now it's biting him in the ass because the NFL wants to hold him to the to the letter of, of their law and test him after his season's over and then suspend him for a full year because of it. Yeah, the NFL, that is just Whoa! you pieces of crap. I th- this is this is the the executives of the NFL trying to be righteous and trying to to do something to make a or to make an a an example out of this kid. Look, look, we're we're cracking down on this. We're cracking down on something like this. And people that don't look into the story will believe them and say, "Oh, look, Josh Gordon is—he just can't stay off the the booze." Like I was saying earlier, he just can't stay off the booze. Excuse me, and he just—he uh, just—they should suspend him. It's a good thing they suspended him because he—he he just keeps getting caught. He's an idiot and all this stuff. And it's like, man, the NFL is really just. Couldn't couldn't they focus on something else? Maybe those guys that tested him could have uh, done something about uh, that deflated football thing. You know that was a big deal. Maybe they could have figured out what was going on with that instead. Wasted their time yeah, there. Why even add that alcohol stipulation to his, to his suspension in the first place? Like, let, you know what I mean? Like he's an adult. Why are you telling him not to drink? I, you, you think the NFL executives enjoy a drink? And Roger Goodell has ever had a drink before in his life? Like. This idea that he can't drink for the entire season, well, why? What's the, what is the point of that? What are they, what's the NFL getting out of that? And I don't know. It's pretty ludicrous thing, because yeah. I, you, know what he, you know what Josh Gordon should have done is said, all right, fine, I won't drink Bud Light at all because Bud Light is bad. I, wouldn't, I won't drink any of that Bud Light and see how, see how Bud Light likes that, like <laughs> having, just having their name thrown around in, in, that, in that stuff. Big sponsor, big sponsor of the NFL. Richard Sherman spoke about it himself. Why is it that the NFL has a huge sponsor th- that is an alcohol company, but the players can't sp- can't have their own sponsorships with alcohol companies? Oh, wait, that's exactly why. Because the Shield already has their deal, and they don't want anybody undercutting them, right? There you go. Yeah, it's it's just I, I don't know. I I just feel really bad for this guy. I I know he's not a role. He's not like a role model or like the best player in the league. But this idea that he's like, yeah, that he's just a criminal, you know, doing all these heinous things out there, and he's a guy who doesn't get it. Like I look at the reaction when uh, ESPN, you know, ran the story about how he's getting suspended for a year, and like there's no there's no follow up on it. It's just like. Because this guy's got garnered this reputation, and like the NFL is just getting this, you know, media pat on the back for like, oh, well, now finally they're cracking down on the thugs in the NFL, and it's just garbage, man. The whole thing is garbage. It's total garbage. I wish there were more listeners right now. I'll have to start tweeting this episode out for the next three weeks. I'll, maybe I'll tweet this episode at the NFL for the next three weeks and, and see what they say. See if they respond. You think they will? I doubt it. I but it'd be it. awesome if you could if you could get somebody from the NFL to start listening to Kansas Missouri. <laughs> that but would be awesome. We have, we'll have to start talking more NFL too. That you might not like that, but 
Right. Well, I'd be worried that somebody would show up at my door at some point and be, and be like, uh, you're not allowed to say that about the NFL. And then I'd be worried for my life. I think uh, I, I think I can do my part to protect you. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's that time to figure out whether or not uh, I need something from lynda.com. So I was thinking today, Calvin, that I would really like to know how to put together some clips because it would have been nice to have some of those Brady screaming clips for uh, our show tonight after the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl? Yeah. After the Super Bowl, it would have been nice to have some clips of Brady screaming or anybody, really. Some of that stuff that is floating around out there, just some quick clips from uh, the NFL. But uh, usually I have to ask somebody else to do that. Now I can go to lynda.com and get a free 10-day trial because I'm a CLNS radio listener and a personality. Ha <laughs> ha. Go to lynda.com slash CLNS and you can get your free uh, 10-day trial right now. Um, and you can uh, – it's not just things like that. Like I, could, I can learn how to put together clips and – up, upload them to Blog Talk Radio and play them on our show. And you can just also learn. Or, or just I mean, it's like, anything, if really. If I want to build a birdhouse bird or something, can I go to lynda.com and I'm that sure out? that you could find. Yeah, I'm sure you could find something about building a birdhouse. I mean, you can invest in a new hobby. That sounds like a new hobby to me. Carpentry, huh? I'm just sick of all these, you know, uh, layabout bugaboo birds flying all over the place. So they need a place to live. Yeah, they need a place to live. Yeah, well, you should go get your free ten yeah. day trial. I'm sure you could build a, bir- a birdhouse in uh, in ten days. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure I could. I'll have to visit lynda.com. You said lynda.com. That's right, lynda.com/slash/clns to get the free ten day trial. And uh, like you said, build a birdhouse, get a new hobby, do uh, some some WordPress, some Photoshopping. Can uh, even if you don't want to build the birdhouse, you can put a put yourself in a photo as if you were. Get some Photoshop going on. Uh, that's again lynda.com slash clns. Um, all right, from Josh Gordon back to the NBA, and this is a topic that I think we're only going to hit on for a, a minute or two here before we uh, bring our friend Liz on. But the Eastern Conference Player of the Month has been announced. And you just made me aware of this. You just made me aware of this before the show. Um, it's uh, it's the Atlanta Hawks starting five. And uh, you know a little bit more about this than I do, so why don't you take it from there? But uh, I just find it hard to believe that the league is actually putting this out there like it's, uh, like it's a real thing. I mean, I pretty much know the same amount as you. Yeah, so all five stocks uh, – Hawk starters were uh, named players of the month by the NBA. Uh, Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, and Damari Carroll. And apparently they've all averaged in double figures for the month. Are you impressed by that? Are you That's impressed amazing. By Damari Carroll, 11 points a game. Like, are you kidding me? Is this, is, this, is this like a everybody wins type of thing? We all get a ribbon? Like this is the player of the month. It's supposed to be one guy that's far and away better. I understand co-players of the month because sometimes it's really just too difficult to figure it out. And I, 
I like the fact that they've acknowledged the Hawks starting five as something that's really been uh, uh, amazing and uh, something that needs to be acknowledged. But when you start throwing Damari Carroll and Kyle Korver in with those other names, it's like, mm, now they're just, th- those are just pity votes. Why don't you just say it was a, it was a try player of the month and give it to Millsap, Horford, and Teague and just be done with it. No, I, I actually have an even bigger problem with that. Look, it's the NBA. Look, <laughs> look, I realize nobody cares about the NBA player of the month. I don't care really about the NBA player of the month. The NBA doesn't even really care about the NBA player of the month. So if you want to say, Clearly. look, they're, they're trying to, uh, to honor the Hawks. I feel like the, the Hawks are getting enough attention. The Hawks are good. That's fine. But but the 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 idea of the NBA player of the month is supposed to be the player who played the best that month. Okay, it's the player. It's not. And you want to you want to honor the Hawks? Do NBA Team of the Month? Why not? Why not all twelve Hawks? Why only the the Hawks starting lineup only counts? Sure. What about Dennis Schroeder's getting screwed in this deal. Like why is Schroeder not NBA Player of the Month? You know, it's it's just stupid to me. Like this is player. It's really stupid. Like, yeah. Who played better? All five stocks of uh, stocks. I keep saying that. All five Hawks players or LeBron, the actual NBA player of the month. Well, let's you know, let's I, look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. LeBron is a close second. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you combine all five starters, then you, yeah, okay, that's fine. They're scoring like eighty-five points a game. They're like <laughs> the best. They're the, they're the best NBA player of all time. Like, how do you compare the Hawks starters to LeBron? How do you decide who's better? You're even like, what are you? What are you doing? You're changing like the rules just to try to be cute. Oh, we'll, we'll try to recognize team play. Uh, I've already heard enough about this like Spursian style of basketball that everyone just talks about all the time. People are falling all over themselves to honor the Hawks. They got three All Stars, and people are mad that Corver didn't make it, even though he averages what like twelve points a game. Yeah, give me a break, so, Corver. Yeah, let the him be Hawks in the three getting- point contest. That's what he should do on All Star Weekend. Yeah, I'm, they just announced it. I think he already is in the three-point contest. Good, good, good for him. Let him dunk, yeah. too. Let him be in the skills competition. For, who cares? Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll take him in the skills competition. Yeah. I don't care about any of that. It's just, and I don't even care about the NBA players. It just bothers me that the NBA is like they're breaking their own rules just for some cute thing because, oh, the Hawks play the game the right way. You know, the game, I hate that, even that mentality of the right way. You know, the right way to play in NBA basketball is way the, the way that helps you win. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, win. Win the game. Yeah. You know what, Calvin? The NFL would never do something like this. See what I did there? Uh, no. Is, did, the, did the NFL do something like that? No, no, I'm saying I'm saying the NFLs would never stoop oh. to this level. They're just oh, so think, much better than that, you see? That. Yeah. Catering to the NFL executives that are listening to us now, you see that? Yeah. Well, what if they were like NFL player of the week, the New England Patriots. You know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, NFL NFL player of the week, the Patriots offensive line, huh? Huh? Yeah. Nope. Nobody NFL player of the week. Uh, I don't know. Give me give me a couple of defensive ends on the Giants. No, you got any good ones over there uh, still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still have uh, what's his face. <laughs> All right, that's too slow. Uh, with that, we are going to move on, and we're going to bring on friend of the show, the person that Linda is trying to get rid of. <laughs> Hello, Liz. 
I don't have the sound ready. Damn it. Oh, bummer. That's okay. Uh, you don't need to play it. You don't I'll need to play, play it. I'll play this one instead. Okay. Here. Yeah. Here she comes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, here you come, Liz. Ready? Yep. Tonight, Liz. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I think my first song is featured in a movie that I've never seen. I think. Right. That's what I was going to say. She's never seen any Rocky movie, so I feel like she cannot be. Yeah, you can't use that song for this. I've seen the montages. That counts, right? Come on. All right. Um, so That's awful. Okay. Never what, seen Rocky. Seen wow. All right. I apologize, Calvin. I've seen like parts of Rocky, okay? It's, I've seen all the parts that. That matter, I think. But um, I was scrambling for topics tonight, so I've got a couple of things. One of them you probably already heard of. Um, the first one is that I was reading about the story. Um, this woman was kicked out of McDonald's in where was she in Wisconsin because she brought her pet, which she had been doing for apparently like three months, but they finally like kicked her out. And her pet was a baby kangaroo. Wait, I, I'm sorry. What did what did you bring to McDonald's? Like, yeah, a, a baby kangaroo. How old is the kangaroo? <laughs> eight months old. An eight month old kangaroo. Kangaroo, yeah. It's, and it was, it's not it like was punching a, people. It was wearing a little hooded sweatshirt. <laughs> no, but it's really cute. <laughs> it's really cute. Baby but kangaroo, then, Wisconsin. I'm gonna Google this right now. I gotta find this kangaroo. I'll send you. I can send you the link right now. Baby kangaroo, Wisconsin. Okay. So anyway, she was. So she's. In oh, there McDonald's. it is. There it is. And it's the New York um, Post. And <laughs> but apparently, like, it sounds sort of like she's a little attached to her baby kangaroo. Like she, she. It says that she brings the kangaroo everywhere, including church. And recently, she went to the movies to see Taken 3 with her kangaroo. Mm. Ah. And it was fine there. So How do you get a kangaroo in the United States? This, that's what I was thinking. Like, everybody's, like, up in arms about the fact that it was, like, in a restaurant. However, I want to know where you can get a kangaroo. Because maybe, maybe it was a CNI charity or something. He's pretty. He's pretty cute. Just a baby, not Joey. He's just. He's just a baby. He's. He's very gentle, according to the, the uh, the owner, and not going to hurt anyone. Right, I, I wonder. I wonder. Right. I wonder what it's like to have a kangaroo as a pet. That thing could probably screw cool. things up in your house at some point, huh? Yeah, probably. Like, what if it flips out? <laughs> I just I see a couple of years. There's this picture of it wearing like a hooded sweatshirt, and I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Also, like the only place you could ever see a kangaroo around here is at a zoo. Like you know, they're they're not native anywhere around here. So I don't know, I oh, she fun. dresses this thing up. It looks so. <laughs> I mean, if I were that kangaroo, I'd probably be kicking around just because of the, the damn sweater that she put on me. But maybe 
maybe she takes really good care of it. And, you know, maybe yeah, I bet happy. she does. It's a, it is a therapy animal, which, uh, by all accounts that I've heard are trained very well. If, if the trained by the, the right therapy people. So I mean, sure. regardless of the animal, there are therapy pigs, there are therapy horses and, and other sorts of things that you can, that you can use other sorts of animals that people use for, for therapy, not just dogs and cats and, the standard house therapy pets. Therapy horses, that's that seems kind of inconvenient. Like you bring your therapy <laughs> horse into the movie theater, it's like, you know, that's gonna be awkward. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, the other, the other thing too is that she, she said she had bring, been bringing her kangaroo to McDonald's for like three months, and nobody noticed because it was like in the car seat and dressed, <laughs> dressed as a person. So they just thought it was like a child, <laughs> a weird looking kid. <laughs> Yeah, or like a dog, maybe. I don't know. I, it just seems. It just seems. Colin, obvious, uh, I don't know if you've looked at this article, but it says she she has five kangaroo, as well as sheep, goats, emu, white-tailed deer, horses, ducks, geese, chickens, peacocks, and a dog. Now, my question is, uh, <laughs> how do you own white-tailed deer? Don't the deer just get to wander wherever <laughs> they want? Great point. Great point. Also, like here's my and ducks. And geese? Come on. These these things just go wherever they want. Come on. Let's be real. So she owns owns all these other animals, right? Like, why is only the kangaroo? Only the kangaroo gets to go to McDonald's? (laughs) This is legit. This is the legit. Like, this is the point that I was just trying to make when you were interrupting Uh, me. You jerk. Well, you you always say I'm, I'm just interested in your topics. I'm trying to be interested. Now you're shaming me. <laughs> I I also, also agree. Is there jealousy among the animals because because Jimmy gets a hooded sweatshirt and gets to go to McDonald's and to see Liam Neeson? This Houston? is the best. This is the best New York Post article I think I've ever read. This is amazing. <laughs> also, don't you feel like kangaroos are the kind of the kind of animal that was like. It, it it's like somebody's thought of something that was cool in the nineties. Like I'm looking at this this kangaroo in his red sweater. Can't you just imagine him wearing like a backwards baseball cap and watching him <laughs> like sunglasses? I so sunglasses wish he was. Oh man. If anybody is listening to this is at a computer right now, do yourself a favor and Google baby kangaroo Wisconsin. Um He's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. Although it was I also wanted to point out that it was originally reported in the Beaver Dam Daily Citizen, which is an amazing newspaper name. The whole thing is just gold. Just saying. Uh, if they had just come to meet Jimmy, they'd see he wouldn't harm anyone. Right. That's what the defiant kangaroo mom said. This is he's, this is the best New York Post article I've ever read. I don't read them very cute. often. Um, very, all right, Liz, what's, what's next? He's really cute. Go Google that. He's what's really next? Okay. Um... The other thing I'm going to ask you is if you've heard about this um, Lance Armstrong story. I'm sure uh, you have. That was, that was, well, uh, then, I, we, I guess we're not pushing that to Tuesday now, are we, Calvin? Liz just, uh, she mad-dogged us. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, you mad-dogged yeah, mad us. I will, I will retreat. I will retreat. Yeah. And I have, no, no. No, I have, I have a counter-offer. You can save that for Tuesday. Save it for Tuesday, and I'll talk about it on Tuesday. This is the other thing I was going to bring up. Will you settle a debate for me and tell me which type of jam is better, 
Strawberry jam or grape jam? Strawberry. No. <laughs> yes, you're wrong, Calvin. You're wrong again. <laughs> Strawberry wait, all wait. day. Grape, no, no, no. grape in general is no good. No, this is, yes. this is not a, this is not a yes, disagreement. Yes. No, 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 no. This is, is going to be no, no. my point. Every, every topical topic, I'm going to bring up a subject that you're wrong on. That's what I'm going to do. That's my crusade. No, no. jam. So, There's no contest. No, but, no. Well, here's, here's, here's what we're talking about. Grape jelly or strawberry preserves. The, yeah, I, fine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm offended by the use of the term jam. Okay, That's fine, all. fine, fine, fine. I know that we've, we've talked about the difference between jam and jelly before. Even if it yeah. is strawberry, strawberry preserves versus grape no, jelly, because there's it's no grape strawberry. jam. It's grape jelly. There's no, there's no grape jam. Okay, strawberry all day. Right? Okay. Is it there, doesn't is there, matter. Is there grape it doesn't form? matter. No, it doesn't matter. It matters no. because no, no, it matters. It, it matters. And here's why: because jelly it's is inherently because jelly has a disadvantage. It's not as good as as jam or pres- slash preserves. So. Of course, strawberry is better than grape, but it's because it's something else. You're like asking me what's better, apples or oranges. Well, one is uh, apples and the other is oranges. No, I, no, will no, say no, that, no. I will say that if I had to have strawberry jelly, I would probably go with to, grape. Right, see? You'd have to rethink it. What? Mm. If yeah. it was strawberry jelly or grape jelly, you would pick grape? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd have to think about it. Uh you wouldn't. You'd what, is, it, is it just no, actually? You, it depends. You probably is it, is it, is it with a peanut butter sandwich or is it okay, uh, just okay. jelly on a piece of bread? All right, let's 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 pose that question. Would you put strawberry or grape with peanut butter? Uh, grape. Oh, that's oh. a grape all day question. Yeah, you guys are dead to me. That's that's sad. That's really sad. It's always strawberry. It's strawberry. No, no, the strawberry jam is for the toast. No, I mean it is for toast also, but. <laughs> oh, this kangaroo is ridiculous. This All right, Liz. What do you want? I mean, we can do Lance Armstrong here too. No, no, no. I, I actually just wanted to hear save what it. your thoughts were. So we we'll just save it till Tuesday. That's fine. Strawberry jam. I don't think anything can top this this picture of this kangaroo with a hooded sweatshirt on. I want to like make it my well, background on my computer. Well, Liz, we're we're about. To- because, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll. Yes, I do. Let's get turned. It's back. It's back. Liz, thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy this list game. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Bye bye. Uh, list game is brought to you by. The CLNS Radio mobile application. Go to clnsradio.com slash iOS free or clnsradio.com slash Android to download the free mobile app. Go rate our show and uh, just be nice and download it. Eventually, we're going to randomly select somebody that's rated our shows on CLNS Radio to win some Celtics tickets. So stay tuned for that. Um, in the future, of course, not tonight or right now. Um, <clears throat> along with that free mobile app, we're trying to keep CLNS Radio free in general, as we have for the last six years. And uh, this is the year that we've celebrated our one millionth listener through 
podcasting and just through iTunes and uh, people downloading and listening live on BTR, etc. cetera. Uh, so to help us continue to keep going, head on over to clnsradio.com slash patrons where you can check out all sorts of different levels of uh, patronage to sort of help us get along. And uh, you can get some stuff with that patronage, whether it's a V-neck t-shirt or tickets to sports teams or some autograph memorabilia later uh, in the year. Uh, you can sign up over there at clnsradio.com slash patrons. Keep our programming ad-free, baby, and take home pieces of Boston sports history at the same time. It's good stuff. All right, Calvin, list game. Let's do it. I'm excited. Well, Murray, have you uh, heard what's going on with the Miami Dolphins? Well, of course you had because I already mentioned the story. But uh, they were taking out a bunch of their seats uh, along the 30-yard line, and they're replacing them with little pods. And these pods will include uh, seats for four, except not really seats, actually couches for four, and uh, either iPads or for a cost increase upgrade, one TV or three 20-inch TVs. With the idea of recreating your living room experience, they want to recreate the living room at the stadium. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel like they're idiots. Why would anybody want to fight crowds and go pay $17,000 or more to sit in your living room at the stadium? Isn't the point of going to the stadium to be in with the crowd and to watch the game live and not have to watch a screen and not necessarily be like you're in the comfort of your own home? I don't understand what they're doing here, and I hope it doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't seem worth paying the $75,000 to uh, recreate a living room experience when your actual living room is probably better. And the point of going to the game is to like not have the living room experience. You want the game experience at the game. So I, I think it's pretty stupid, but it made me think, like, what if we could take you, Marie, in, in your Celtic seats, and maybe we can recreate some experiences for you, and you can decide whether or not you'd be willing to keep your seats under said circumstances. Oh, that sounds sounds interesting. Let's uh, let's see where this one goes. Can't wait. Thank you, thank you, Bart. So you say okay? Well, the first one is is the living room situation. They're replacing your seat with a couch. They're putting a TV up in front of your face. They hand you a remote. Nah, uh, nah, they, no they thanks. Give you a, they give you a frosty mug of Foster's Australian beer. No. Nope. 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 I'm not into that. I, I like the view from my seats. I'm not looking to, to watch on the screen. Really, the only time I watch the screen is uh, between quarters for the stupid stuff they put up there. And if I want to see a replay, uh, I'll, I'll watch the, the big screen. Otherwise, I have no reason to watch the screen, even though I'm up in the balcony. Okay. Well, what if they, what if they recreated your high school experience by having a bad marching band play during every timeout? <laughs> Well, high school girls uh, run out and cheer, and your seats have been replaced by bleachers. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good either. Uh, we didn't have a marching band uh, for the basketball games uh, in high school, but there was a pep band for football games. So if it was a situation like that, I would definitely not want that to happen, even though I was part of that band. Uh, we weren't very good. I mean, we had fun, but there were some people in that band that uh, just... 
you're only as good as your weakest link. How about that? Um, so thinking back to that, no, I would prefer still my seats now. No, you're not. You're not. You you turn your seat. Not in, buying it. You, you watch from home. I'm not. I'm not buying it. All right. Well, uh, what if what if they wanted to recreate a sort of slapstick comedy situation, and they they built whoopee cushions into your seats and shock buzzer armrests? Oh man. Uh, hmm. I think I could deal with that because I don't. I don't think that I rarely rest my arms on the armrest all too often. And I could train myself to not do that. Uh, the whoopee cushion thing is not a big deal. It's just a noise, right? So it's, I, I right. usually, if I'm putting my arms down, I'm usually putting them up on my on my knees, leaning over a little bit. I, I could think I could handle that. I could deal with that. I could have a good laugh at my friend's expense if they didn't know what was going on, huh? Yeah, and I feel like if you know those buzzers are coming, like, they're not really powerful enough to really hurt anybody. It's more of, like, the surprise that gets people, right? Like, yeah. those things aren't that yeah, it'd be like a it'd be like a finger massage. Otherwise, once you get used to it, right? Um, I agree. Yeah. What if the Celtics said, "You know what we want to do? We want to recreate a shower experience by running a sprinkling faucet above your head throughout the game." <laughs> oh man! Um, <laughs> can I ask if my seats would stay the same price or if I would get a discount? Because that doesn't. I mean, how cold is the water? I don't know if. There are there are a lot of questions I would have about this one. I think before committing to it, the water can be set to your liking, much like in the shower. You know, okay. there's 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 an there. Yeah, you can get it the way you like it. <laughs> and it's, I mean, same price, huh? Yeah, no discount or anything. Same price. Yeah. I, I guess like, I mean, that would be kind of strange, but it would it would be an interesting experience, I suppose. Um, I'd go for it. I'd go for it. They want, they want to clean up the streets of Boston. That's how. Sure, uh, I'd go. I'd, I'd go for it. Ooh, ooh, bad joke. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe they want to recreate a work situation, and they they separate your seat uh, from other seats with corkboard, uh, you know, around each side, and on your armrest is a stack of TPS report. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think I would like that. Uh, the Celtics game is one of the few places, right after work, that I can get away from that type of paper and stack of crap. Um, no, no, thank you. I would pass on that one. I don't even want to think about it right now. You could still stand up over the corkboard and you know talk to the person next to you as if you're at the office. No, you good? And thing sucks. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, what if they What if they wanted to recreate speed dating by switching out the woman sitting next to you with another woman every ten minutes? <laughs> uh. Um. Hmm. <laughs> so like, like there would probably be like five women or six. Not women. six. Not seven. Oh, seven women. Not seven. Eight. Like eight women or ten. That would be interesting, actually. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I would really be able to watch the game, though. Wouldn't you, Wouldn't that be kind of a distraction? Just having somebody new talking in your ear, man or woman, talking in your ear every every five minutes. Somebody new getting introduced to you. Right off the bat, that sounded not so bad. Uh, but I feel like I would. It would be just when I thought I was out. One of those situations.
yeah, I would. I still had a different conversation, and I wouldn't be watching the game. And uh, I'm just gonna keep using not a drops. game, not a game, not a game. Right? We're talking about we're talking about practice. speed dating. No, I don't want that one, Calvin. No, thank you, thank you, Elena. But, but anyway. the thing is, it's like it's like you're 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 commenting to the guy next to you about like you you losing faith in Selinger. That'd be fresh for each new person that came. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I could just say (laughs) some of them and they wouldn't understand. Right. It would be great. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, what if they wanted to recreate Easter by covering your chair in foil with chocolate underneath? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I agree with Niger Morgan. Yeah. Let's do that. Chocolate underneath free chocolate. Like yeah. just yeah. covered in foil. That's I'm fine with that. Let's do it. All right. What if they wanted to recreate the Westminster Dog Show by having animals trotted up and down through the aisles and you know maybe uh, across the rows throughout the game? <laughs> but they're all they're all show dogs. They know what to do. They're, they're not going to bite you. They're show dogs. Would there be a, a kangaroo or two? Uh, I don't know if they've opened the field up to kangaroos yet, but we can petition Westminster about that. Okay. It, sound, it sounds like it would be a fun time. I think that might be a little bit less of a distraction uh, than a, a new girl talking to me every five minutes. Uh, yeah. I, uh, let's let's go with that. We'll have the dogs running around. I hope somebody's going to clean, clean up that stuff after them. But that would be fun. Okay. All right. And finally, what if they wanted to recreate... Watergate by having government agents watch and record you from a keyhole behind your seat and report the information back to the president. That's a clown question, bro. What was that? I'm sorry. I I didn't hear you. Um, That's a clown question, bro. Oh, clown question, bro. Yes, I agree. That is a clown question, bro. What kind of a what kind of a person would agree to that? Somebody who's got nothing to hide. You got something to hide, right? (laughs) Ah, I have everything to hide. And nothing to lose. What is that? That's is that the thing? Yeah. There it is. That's that, that's what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Okay. This you know was a fun one. What's that? The end of the show. That's the thing. The the end the end of the show is a thing. Stop playing. Drops is the end of the show. Uh, there's got to be some sort of a closing thing, right? Oh, I forgot to pre- do this one. Hi, Liz. Thank you for joining us tonight. Please roll, everybody. There she goes. Okay. She already left, but she's still listening, so you're welcome for that. Um, in honor of the Patriots parade, just the other day, I'm going to leave you with our clip of Mayor Menino not talking about the Patriots, but talking about another champion. They never said hi. Red Sox. And then I will play our goodbye music. And that will be it for tonight here on Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio, brought to you by Linda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. Calvin, enjoy the late Mayor Menino. They never died. Red Sox will play in the third World Series the last nine years. Why are we rooting hard to bring back the World, the World Series Cup to Boston like we did in 2004 and 2007? 
This Red Sox team plays with a lot of heart.